Hi, Spring fans. Welcome to a beautiful podcast. I'm your host, Spring Developer Advocate Josh Long, and this show is all about the real heroes behind Spring and its ecosystem. Welcome to another installment of a beautiful podcast. How are you this fine Thursday, the 22nd of September, 2022? I am always, as I, as I am always, or almost always, I'm doing well. Thank you ever so much for asking. Um, I'm just excited. You know me. I'm always just looking forward to the next uh, the next uh, dopamine hit. And I get my dopamine by talking to really cool people who teach me things. And the fact that I get to do that every darn week is, uh, yeah, what a blessing. I don't even, I'm not really particularly religious, but certainly it's fair to say that I have, I, I, I benefit for no reason at all. You know, um, this, this, uh, this ability to, to, this privilege, not ability, not anything I did. This this privilege to be able to sit here and just have these amazing people come and, and teach me things every every week is <laughs> honestly, I feel guilty. I feel like I've uh, run a scam on on people or something because it's just uh, it's just such a privilege. I get so much cool stuff, and uh, and I make I have good friends. That's the other thing that this kind of reminds me of is everybody who comes onto the show is uh, I, I could invite like anybody, right? And I sometimes do. I sometimes invite random people with whom I'd like to become friends. But a lot of times I've just got I've already got friends, right? And uh, and uh, they're they're smart. And the reason I, that we're friends uh, is because I just enjoy talking to them. You know, um, one place where you can easily make a lot of friends that can teach you nice things, uh, of course, is Spring One, our big tentpole conference that is returning to an, a live event this year in December uh, in my city, my home city of San Francisco, California. I love Spring One, right? I think that's a, uh, it's the best show. It's the best Java show uh, out there. It'll be running six to eight December twenty twenty two here in San Francisco. Uh, register now, please. All you know, the Spring team will be here. Uh, we have this is the year. It's not just the first Spring One since the pandemic. It's you know the live first live one. It's also the one that coincides with the the new generation of Spring, right? Spring Framework six and Spring Boot three. So as you can imagine, there are some huge changes uh and, and and advances and things like that so this is the year to be there my friends do not miss this event uh you can register now springone.io um and uh between you and me uh there's also a code you can use to get two hundred dollars off so it's s1 vm 2020 uh, sorry s1 vm 22 underscore advocate underscore 200 so those are all it's S1 as a number, VM22 underscore advocate underscore 200. Um, yeah, register there. You'll get 200 bucks off the current registration price. Um, it's in December. We have several months left. Uh, but, you know, book your seats and, and spots now. Space is, of course, limited. Uh, it's also San Francisco. So it's not, you know, it's, it's not the warmest part of California. But uh, given the weather of a lot of the world, um, at that same time, it's also not the coldest by any stretch, right? We have it won't be snowing here. It won't be raining particularly. It might be a little windy at night, so bring a hoodie or a, a light jacket. You'll be fine, you know. Um, hoodie wear is basically what we wear all year round in San Francisco, actually. So, uh, yeah, uh, just come. It's going to be a great show. It's my hometown, um, so you know I'll be uh, as present as ever. I mean, I cannot wait. I've been. I love spring one anyway, but this year, yeah, I, I, I'm chomping at the bit for this one i cannot wait um spring boot 3 spring framework 6 spring 1 december all that's happening in december it's going to be crazy so join us for the fun uh and uh we'll, we'll learn together 
I'm really excited about, you know, today's guest, Laurent Doga. Um, I'm really excited about all the stuff I'm working on as well. Um, uh, I'm working on a, a video on Spring AOT, and it is going to be dope. Uh, just just when I'm done with the script, and I think I have everything I, I want to show you ready, uh, there's something new that I discover that needs to be added. You know how wonderful that is? It sounds like a problem because, you know, it's a moving target, so to speak, but, but it just really means that there are so many cool things that I, I feel like I should relay to you, right? Uh, as any of you probably know, having worked in software, behind every, like, one surface-level feature that uh, is added to a, a product or a technology, there are another 10 subsurface-level changes to the code base. So the fact that I'm struggling to tamp down the list of surface-level features in my video is a great sign. It's also a sign uh, that I'm probably going to have to update and publish this video again shortly after the release because goodness knows things will have changed. And, you know, that's okay. That's the nature of these videos. I live on the edge to better prepare as many of you all as I can for what I know to be coming. I try to put out ideas uh, and as many videos as I can. And some of these videos I can do in a week or a few days, you know. Um, some, however, turn into like this month-long project. Uh, and the new and novel stuff turns out to be uh, the hardest, the, the stuff that takes the longest to uh, put down in a video, simply because it's hard to pin things down. Things are uh, liquid, they're, f they're moving, right? Um, narratively, at least. And so, uh, you know, this is coming. This one's coming together really well. It's only been a couple of weeks. Uh, it's going to be long. I can tell you that right now. It's going to be a longer one. Uh, I've already written 99% of the script. I've done the animations and storyboarding. I've written the code, obviously. Um, uh, so I just now, did, I guess I just need to sit down and record it. Uh, so stay tuned. Don't worry, that's coming. Um, anyway, enough inside baseball, my friends. Let's let's get to today's guest. Uh, I am super super excited uh, to welcome my friend, uh, mon cher ami Laurent Dogan, who I've known for nearly a decade. Uh, we we got to record this episode live, which is a uh, I don't get to say that very often, right? Uh, um, I've done less than five of those, I think, since March of 2020. Whereas historically, these used to be all live. Right? I used to be on the road and I'd bump into random amazing people and we'd have a nice uh, uh, podcast recording, right? Um, and, and very tip, very un, unusual. Um, uh, it's very unusual for these recordings to happen in my hometown of San Francisco and then for them to happen live in San Francisco. You know, it's, oh, it's so weird. It's so wonderful. Um, anyway, I was just really excited about that. Really, really excited to have my friend... Uh, here he came to visit um, uh, San Francisco for some meetings and and we got and he pinged me and we got to hang out for a day and a, uh, yeah true pleasure Laurent was uh, at Couchbase years ago uh, and then he became an early member of Clever Cloud uh, which is an amazingly cool company in France around uh, cloud computing and then he returned to, to Couchbase now Couchbase um, you've heard me talk about this before it's a you know I've had guests uh, that worked there as well and uh, Couchbase is cool they actually. We owe a big debt of gratitude to the Couchbase um, uh, team teams um, because, for example, they were one of the first groups to to make their uh, Spring Data implementation reactive, right? Uh, at first by using, I think it was RxJava, and then by using Reactor. Indeed, Simon Basley, who's been on the show as well, he uh, was at Couchbase, right? He works on Reactor these days um, uh, as part of the Spring team, right? Um, and, you know, he's just a lovely lovely person, you know, uh, you know, amazing human being. But uh, my, my point is they were front runners, you know, in terms of like making reactive uh, real in the spring data ecosystem. One of the very first implementations, if not the first to come out uh, supporting reactive uh, in the 
uh, halcyon days of like 2017 or so when we first announced integrated reactive support in Spring Framework 5. Um, and so I just, I'm a big fan of Couchbase. I'm a big fan of their engineering team. Couchbase, the database, the technology is rock solid, amazing stuff that just, as you'll see today, as we'll talk about today, uh, uh, applies itself. You know, it works well in a lot of different scenarios. Uh, and uh, that's what you want. You want something that's going to be resilient, that'll uh, scale to meet you where you need to be. Uh, and um, it does. So anyway, he and I, uh, that is to say Laurent now, he and I have done uh, presentations aplenty uh, before over the many, many, many years uh, in the last decade or so. Um, and, you know, I am I hope that we get to do more. I think uh, him being back at Couchbase uh, is a, a good sign that that's probably in the cards. So you stay tuned. That'll be fun. Um, and uh, in the meantime, enjoy today's episode. Oh, my goodness. I was, uh, you know. The, the other thing is he, obviously, I speak French. Um, obviously, he is French, so he definitely speaks it. So, you know, obviously, a far sight better than I do, uh, but uh, that's the other thing is I, I love uh, uh, I, I love how I love to listen to people like him um, for, sev for, for several levels. One is one, you know, he, he's teaching me interesting things, but two, listen to him speak. Just uh, just you, you just have to listen. Just listen to him speak English in this podcast. It's perfect, right? It's like uh, impeccable English. But it's not his first tongue, you know, and I just think that is such a magic uh, trick, you know, like that is so cool that that uh, that these, you know, I just think it's really cool. I, I speak several other languages. I know how hard it is to learn something that, you know, isn't your 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 a tongue that you speak at home or whatever. And, um, you know, what an, what an amazing uh, human being. Anybody who speaks another language to me is, is very impressive, you know, always worth respect. Um, but I just, I just love, you can see, like, just talk, you just listen to this episode and he's just, everything about him just exudes awesome intellect, you know, and I just, uh, I really appreciate having, uh, him as one of my friends and I hope you get something out of this episode, uh, as always, profitez bien mes amis, okay, um, see you next week, enjoy.
Hi, Spring fans. Welcome to another installment of a beautiful podcast. How are you this fine Thursday, the 22nd of September, 2022? I am always, as I, as I am always, or almost always, I'm doing well. Thank you ever so much for asking. Um, I'm just excited. You know me. I'm always just looking forward to the next uh, the next uh, dopamine hit, and I get my dopamine by talking to really cool people who teach me things, and the fact that I get to do that every darned week is... Uh, yeah, what a blessing. I don't even, I'm not really particularly religious, but certainly it's fair to say that I have, I, I, I benefit for no reason at all, you know. Um, this, this, uh, this ability to, to, this privilege, not ability, not anything I did, just this privilege to be able to sit here and just have these amazing people come and, and teach me things every, every week is, <laughs> honestly, I feel guilty. I feel like I've, uh, run a scam on, on people or something because it's just, uh, it's just such a privilege. I get so much cool stuff, and uh, and I make I have good friends. That's the other thing that this kind of reminds me of is everybody who comes onto the show is uh, I, I could invite like anybody, right? And I sometimes do. I sometimes invite random people with whom I'd like to become friends. But a lot of times I've just got I've already got friends, right? And uh, and uh, they're they're smart. And the reason I, that we're friends uh, is because I just enjoy talking to them, you know. Um, so yeah, so so, so this. This episode, um, I'm really excited about, you know, today's guest, Laurent Dogan. Um, I'm really excited about all the stuff I'm working on as well. Um, uh, I'm working on a, a video on Spring AOT, and it is going to be dope. Uh, just just when I'm done with the script, and I think I have everything I, I want to show you ready, uh, there's something new that I discover that needs to be added. You know how wonderful that is? It sounds like a problem, because you're, you know, it's a moving target, so to speak, but, but it just really means that there are so many cool things that I, I feel like I should relay to you, right? Uh, as any of you probably know, having worked in software, behind every, like, one surface level feature that uh, is added to a, a product or a technology, there are another 10 subsurface level changes to the code base. So the fact that I'm struggling to tamp down the list of surface level features in my video is a great sign. It's also a sign uh, that I'm probably going to have to update and publish this video again shortly after the release because goodness knows things will have changed. And, you know, that's okay. That's the nature of these videos. I live on the edge to better prepare as many of you all as I can for what I know to be coming. I tr try to put out ideas uh, and as many videos as I can. And some of these videos I can do in a week or a few days, you know. Um, some, however, turn into like this month-long project. Uh, and the new and novel stuff turns out to be... Uh, the hardest, the the stuff that takes the longest to uh, put down in a video, simply because it's hard to pin things down. Things are uh, liquid; they're f they're moving, right? Um, narratively, at least. And so, uh, you know, this is coming. This one's coming together really well. It's only been a couple of weeks. Uh, it's going to be long. I can tell you that right now. It's going to be a longer one. Uh, I've already written ninety nine percent of the script. I've done the animations and storyboarding. I've written the code, obviously. Um, uh, so I just now, I guess I just need to sit down and record it. Uh, so stay tuned. Don't worry, that's coming. Um, anyway, enough inside baseball, my friends. Let's let's get to today's guest. Uh, I am super super excited uh, to welcome my friend, uh, mon cher ami Laurent Dogan, who I've known for nearly a decade. Uh, we we got to record this episode live, which is a uh, I don't get to say that very often, right? Uh, um, I've done less than five of those, I think, since March of 2020. Whereas historically, these used to be all live. Right, I used to be on the road and I bump into random amazing people and we'd have a nice uh, uh, podcast recording, right? Um, and and very tip, very un unusual. Um, uh, it's very unusual for these recordings to happen in my hometown of San Francisco, 
and then for them to happen live in San Francisco, you know, it's oh, it's so weird, it's so wonderful. Um, anyway, I was just really excited about that. Really, really excited to have my friend uh, here. He came to visit um, uh, San Francisco for some meetings, and and we got and he pinged me. and We got to hang out for a day, and a, uh, yeah, true pleasure. Laurent was uh, at Couchbase years ago, uh, and then he became an early member of Clever Cloud, uh, which is an amazingly cool company in France around uh, cloud computing, and then he returned to Couchbase. Now Couchbase. Um, you've heard me talk about this before. It's in a you know I've had guests uh, that worked there as well, and uh, Couchbase is cool. They are, actually uh, we owe a big debt of gratitude to the Couchbase um, uh, team teams uh, because, for example, they were one of the first groups to to make their uh, Spring Data implementation reactive. Right uh, at first by using I think it was Rx Java and then by using Reactor. Indeed, Simon Basley, who's been on the show as well, he uh, was at Couchbase. Right, he works on Reactor these days um, uh, as part of the Spring team, right? Um, and you know he's just a lovely, lovely person. You know, uh, you know, amazing human being. But uh, my my point is, they were front runners. You know, in terms of like making Reactive uh, real in the Spring Data ecosystem, one of the very first implementations, if not the first, to come out uh, supporting Reactive uh, in the. Uh, halcyon days of like 2017 or so when we first announced integrated reactive support in Spring Framework 5. Um, and so I just, I'm a big fan of Couchbase. I'm a big fan of their engineering team. Couchbase, the database, the technology is rock solid, amazing stuff that just, as you'll see today, as we'll talk about today, uh, uh, applies itself. You know, it works well in a lot of different scenarios uh, and uh, that's what you want. You want something that's going to be resilient, that'll uh, scale to meet you where you need to be uh, and um, it does. So anyway, he and I, uh, that is to say Laurent now, he and I have done uh, presentations aplenty uh, before over the many, many, many years uh, in the last decade or so. Um, and, you know, I'm, I hope that we get to do more. I think uh, him being back at Couchbase uh, is a, a good sign that that's probably in the cards. So you stay tuned. That'll be fun. Um, and uh, in the meantime, enjoy today's episode. Oh, my goodness. I was... Uh, you know, the the other thing is he obviously I speak French. Um, obviously he is French, so he definitely speaks it. So, you know, obviously a far sight better than I do. Uh, but uh, that's the other thing is I I love uh, uh, I, I love how I love to listen to people like him um, for, sev- for for several levels. One is one you know he he's teaching me interesting things. But two, listen to him speak. Just uh, just. You just have to listen. Just listen to him speak English in this podcast. It's perfect, right? It's like uh, impeccable English, but it's not his first tongue, you know? And I just think that is such a magic uh, trick, you know? Like, that is so cool that, that, uh, that these, you know, I just think it's really cool. I, I speak several other languages. I know how hard it is to learn something that, you know, isn't your, 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 a tongue that you speak at home or whatever, and, um, you know what an what an amazing uh, human being. Anybody who speaks another language to me is is, is very impressive. You know, uh, always worth respect. Um, but I just I just love. You can see like just talk, you just listen to this episode, and he just everything about him just exudes awesome intellect. You know, and I just uh, I really appreciate having uh, him as one of my friends. And I hope you get something out of this episode. Uh, as always, profitez bien, mes amis. Okay. Um, see you next week. Enjoy. Is that a VMware thing? I don't know if it's a VMware thing or or just a Zoom thing, but 
they are very, very, and it's a GDPR thing, right? Like GDPR, you know, you gotta like be very clear about when you record people. Yeah, it's 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 all about content. Recording. Yeah, which is great. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, uh, like I think I think it's very hard to be in the modern business world without operating as though the GDPR applied to you, even though. Like I'm not in Europe, you know, but uh, it just makes sense to take the GDPR as a baseline, you know. Um, it's interesting. It's really two different views, like like for data and and people. It's like Europe, it's a personal privacy right, and in the right. US, data, it's a like more of a business, economic, uh, commercial right. Right. And so they have these two. Yeah, it's with a tension. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, but I live in California, so California is as you know for the audience in the podcast california is um much more like europe not nearly as progressive or um uh, you know sensible as europe but in 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 terms of privacy rights and so on we have a very aggressive set of laws here and they're i think they're basically patterned off of they came after gdpr right uh and they're inspired by gdpr um so california has a a lot of like the Cal the tech companies in 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 America have to build websites for California because those have the most demanding uh, restrictions, you know. Um, and just like they have to build them for Europe uh, for you know, GPR uh, countries, you know, same yeah, thing makes sense. Yeah, same, same thing for cars here in America, right? Cars have to meet. There's a, a, a nationwide emissions. Um, you know, quota or standard, right? But mm -hmm. it's very relaxed, you know? California is always more demanding. So these car makers have a tough choice. They could build a car that complies with the, you know, the federal national American standard and then not sell in California, or they could just build a car that is good enough for California and will be better than is, is required for the rest of the country, right? And so of course, just by having California be, because it's such a big market, they can't really ignore California, right? There's so many other drivers in this country are in California. So they, they build cars that comply with California's more stringent requirements, it's, even though the rest of the country doesn't need it. It's interesting. It's a, it's a, a law for protectionism. It doesn't say protectionism, but it kind of, that's yeah. what it is. Like, like, you know, if you, you want to go higher and higher and higher. And so, yeah. That you know, if if we're building cars in California, you should buy Californian cars that 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 respect all those laws, and it's the same with with, with data. Right, you should respect all those things, so you should you know buy local. Oh, I um, agree. It's just that it's interesting that by yeah. having them here, everybody else gets them as well. Like when you buy yeah. when you buy a car made in America, it's usually good enough for California. So like in Texas, they don't have these laws, you know, but you still get cars that are as good as California laws require. I don't know. Just that stuff is super interesting to me. GDPR has changed the world, you know? It has. It has. And it's interesting because it was just all about, again, about, about protecting the, the, the European market. That's why it happens. Uh, yeah. Like, realistically, it's... Okay, I know people, politics, they care about privacy and, and stuff and they care about the sure. citizens, but realistically, this was a business decision and the way they angled it was uh, a protectionism, which is which is what it is. Um, and, and it's and it's good for everybody, really. Yeah. Listen, yeah. 
right. there was a lot of complaint in, in, in Europe. Like, hey, we why would we have to 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 comply to all these things? There's so much so much work to do. Where people that don't live in Europe, they don't have to do. Well, actually, they have, and 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 you most likely are more ready than they are. So it was kind of a protectionism thing that showed up after the American Cloud Act, which was like prior to GDPR, um, which was, um, I don't know, I think it was after um, like the, the terrorism, terrorism attacks in, in the US. Um, oh, 9-11? Yeah, I think it was after 9-11. And, and the Cloud Act was basically, if you're an American company uh, like Amazon and, and you have customers in, in Europe, well, you can get your hands on all the data, even in Europe, because Amazon is an American company. And so, you know, it, it kind of drives a, a whole bunch of politics in Europe quite mad about this. And it's interesting because it's it's an extraterritorial law, which means that in whichever country you are, this thing applies. It's the same for GDPR, and that's weird because if you're an American citizen, we you care about a law that's been drafted in, in, in Europe, and it's... So it's so much about this global world that we live in. And as a developer, we write codes that get us to everybody in the world. And so right. we have to be aware of all those things. And realistically, we're not. Yeah. No <laughs> way. Yeah, yeah, totally. It, like the amount of things that we have to learn uh, because of that, because of the, the, the world is changing, because of globalization and all these things, and because of, well, data politics and everything. Right. Um, and and you mentioned cars, but I wanted to to ask you about accessibility. I know in France, if your website is not accessible for uh, vision impaired, or, or it, you can get a fine. It, yeah. It's it's not legal to have a non-accessible site, and there's so few developers that know this. I don't know much about the accessibility requirements because I don't do much front-end development uh, anymore. But uh, but again, I would I would not be surprised if the stipulations if we do have requirements and i don't doubt that we do actually it makes us that we we have the americans for the the american the american disability act the act that requires that businesses make reasonable accommodation uh for for uh, accessibility i would so i wouldn't be surprised if that also covers websites i hope it does it makes a lot of sense that it would um but uh but even there i wouldn't be surprised if california's requirements are more demanding um, and more exacting than the nation, the national federal requirements. Uh, yeah, that's an interesting thing. I'll put that on a to-do list, a little note, a little sticky for myself. Yeah, so, another fucking this either. So it's, but you're right. It's a, re it's a really interesting thing, and that does get us to kind of, I, I like, if you're truly going to be an international brand today, you need product management. You need user experience developers, testing, and a lawyer, right? Like an international lawyer. You need somebody who understands, you know, how your product interacts with the, the legal frameworks of the various markets that you're targeting, uh, which is to say, unless you're very specific, all of them, right? Like, unless you find ways to exclude people, which is not the default, right? You have to add exclusions. Um, and that means you have to be on top of everything, I don't know. Maybe, maybe these uh, you know, two pizza box teams, like two pizza box teams for all the people involved in creating the software, and another two pizza box team for all the lawyers, just to make sure we didn't, you know, violate privacy and uh, uh, 
exclude people unnecessarily. Uh, you know, it's funny. Do you remember when we used to, as an industry, used to make jokes about Oracle that had more lawyer than developers, and and, and now <laughs> and, and there's now, even the organizational diagram. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And now, and now we feel like, hey, we should you should have some sort of legal consulting every team because because it, it what we do in the end is always a user so well, not always but most yeah. of the time so yeah well i mean like I, it's been a while since i've built anything uh more than a demo you know um that was well i've got a, a few websites that are not demos uh but they're read only you know there's no i'm not taking data i'm not yeah. there's no analytics there's no forms that people fill out so it makes life a lot easier if it's just an html page feeding me data you know um, yeah, you, you don't need to have the uh, double consent that, that that is required by law in germany for instance because people think it's easy but actually there's difference between countries inside europe yeah so, so it's only one one consent and then it's two if you're in germany it's crazy it's like double. it's why and is it double? who knows about these things I don't know. Oh, well, that's cool. I, uh, I, are you, am I going to see you at, uh, DevOps Belgium? I will be there. So, uh, because I rejoined Cashbase like two months ago, I haven't really yeah. had time to like book all the sponsoring I wanted to and came out a little bit late. So we will be at DevOps. We will have, uh, bikes. And if you ride your bikes long enough, there's going to be a small electric mixer attached to your bike. And we're going to give you vegetables and fruit so you can actually do your own veggie or fruit juice uh, by riding your bike. Uh, and that's going to be one day. Uh, there's going to be another company on the Wednesday. We'll be there on Thursday. I think Thursday is the night of the meet and greet as well at DevOps. So uh, we'll be here uh, okay. hanging out. I was just thinking. juices. Well, I'm, the reason I'm thinking is because you said double and it reminded me of Duvel's, you know, like uh, the beer. Oh, uh, right. And if we're going to be in Belgium, I haven't been to Belgium since 2019, you know. Um, so I'm very much looking forward to a double, a double. Yeah. At, at the, uh, the beer garden or beer yeah. central. I don't remember. Like the, exactly. Because, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. The, the bar, like the central the bar. bar that's next to the train station where everybody goes to after yeah. a long day of conference. So to make sure you have an even longer day of conference the next day because you're hammered. It's a it's a vicious cycle. You need it to re, to recover recover from the last day, but then the next day feels more painful. Um, Indeed. So if you're a speaker, yeah, uh, make sure you speak in the early days, not uh -huh. not on Friday. Yeah, yeah. it's better. Yeah, always get it over with quick so you can just indulge. <laughs> um, I and and the booth situation, by the way, that's also notoriously hard. Like I, you know, nowadays I don't do booth duty, but I did for many years, you know, uh, when I first joined the spring team 12 years ago, uh, and you know, you set up, you go in there you're, you're starting at like what, eight, nine, something like that. And you're on this hard floor until like six or seven or eight. It's, it can be 12 hours on this floor and you're in a small stuffy basement area. That's like beneath everything. And, oh, you know, yeah, you I, don't see the light of day for, for, all day because it's dark yeah. when you get in it's dark when you leave it's just yeah. it's so hard you know people don't appreciate how much work it is and it's yeah. not like there's great food there you know the devox has good food it's just it's the same food you know you gotta be you gotta bring your own food and your own drink you know um, should we talk about that crab sandwich thing again <laughs> so yeah notoriously 
known crap sandwich from Devox. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the show is one of the best, right? There's there's like three shows in the world that I, I you know, that just in my heart. And, and by the way, there's no order here, you know, but Java one from years ago, right? Spring one and uh, and and Devox. Those are the top three shows that I, I would tell people to go to. You know? It's Java, Java and community, and there's a strong emphasis on community. Like, like it's always great to to see all the people we know again and again, and that's that's a uh, right. That's also where we go. I mean, we, we go to see old friends. Exactly. Oh yeah. It's, I mean, well, yeah. That's the thing. Like, I'm I'm lucky. I'm like you now, right? Like, I'm I'm lucky that we we're lucky that we get to just like we get paid to learn, you know. So that's cool. But that's not everybody. And before, I would go to these shows so I could like soak up all this knowledge you know learn all this stuff and now i still want to learn all this stuff but by the time i've gotten to devops i've already probably seen most of the talks that i want to see somewhere else you know uh so by the time i get to devops i just want to hang out and cheer somebody and and including you my friend uh so who are you you you, you remember that uh in this call there's the two first official devops champion do you remember that we were in devops market Oh and my goodness! Like, there was this year when we did all DevOx. You and I—that's right. With that, there was one year. Okay, we were the first. I forgot about that. There's a there was there was a thing called the DevOx Champion, where if you spoke at every flagship DevOx event, not the Voxed Days events, but all the big DevOx events. So DevOx Belgium, UK, France, uh, Morocco, Ukraine, Poland. I mean, if you did all those in one year. Then you were a DevOps champion. You and I were the first two of that uh, to ever yeah, have I think so. that honor. That was so cool. I forgot about that. That was funny. Yeah. Uh, I think <laughs> we, we, yeah. I think it was in DevOps Morocco when we were on stage and hey, congratulations. And, and because because mostly I've been in asked and I've been asking Stefan, hey, look, we did every DevOps. There should be something about it. You know, there should be right. yeah. a, a recognition or something. <laughs> and so, wow. yeah, that happened. Uh, but that was the only year. And then um, I know there's been a couple more uh, each year. Yeah. every DevOps and get more complicated as well because at the time there was not uh Vox what did you say French but yeah uh, no it was DevOps US I think which which I did that one I'm not sure if I I'm not sure if that was the same year I did all, they only did one of those right but I did do yeah. that one. yeah it was a mix it was an Eclipse DevOps thing that, that yeah. didn't, unfortunately didn't work out so well it's weird I spring one we used to we used to, we used to, wait before we go further can you tell people who you are and what you do? Right. It's been it's 15, 15 minutes already. Uh, all right. My name is Laurent Dauguin. I am, as you can tell, very French, and I can make it more obvious that I am very French. Uh, I live in Paris, in France. I am a director of developer relations and strategy at Catchbase. Catchbase is a SQL database company uh, that's been around for almost 10 years now. Uh, and I'm sure we'll be talking more about this uh, later. Uh, I also own part of a beer brewery in the French Alps. It's called La Marmotte Masquée. It's great beer. If you're in Paris, you should try to find some. It's amazing. Um, and uh, and yeah, uh, I used to go to heavy metal shows before COVID, and I haven't uh, rebooted that, but uh, we'll reboot uh, sometime next year. We'll see. Fantastic. So... Uh, it, when you say that it's only ten years old, that that's to me. So I was I was just about to say that uh, one of my all time favorite shows used to be OzCon, right? Um, mm. In the United States, e- even though we have a lot of the technology, you know, we have Silicon Valley, right? It's a famous place for technology. Right. It's not the only place by any 
stretch of the imagination, but we have Silicon Valley. So you would think there'd be all these great shows here. Um, uh, yeah, people think that that it's actually the the, the center of, the, of tech. Like when you when you're on LinkedIn and you live in Paris, and then someone shows up and says, "Hey, let's have a coffee because you're doing something vaguely interesting." Yeah, and they ask you to get a coffee with them. I said, "Dude, I'm in Paris. I'm not gonna jump on the flight to get a coffee with you." I yeah. know it's yeah. There's it, other cities in San Francisco. So I mean, so so we have Silicon. We have these. We have Ozcon. We had Java One. It's back this year. I can't wait. That's going to be great. Uh, we have Spring One. We have, you know, and DevNexus. DevNexus Dev Dev is now the new, you know, that that is definitely up in the top. That's actually actually I expand what I said earlier. Four the four best shows in the world now include DevNexus. So okay, so we've got this like very few shows here in America, right? Whereas when you go to Europe, there's like dozens, you know, of really great shows everywhere, you know. For tech and it's very surprising to me because you'd think that java was created in silicon valley it's used by a lot of people all around the country but no and europe has these amazing shows um and going back to the other point going back to oscon first the first place i ever heard of couchbase uh was at oscon but it's not the first place i ever heard of the technology right so i remember there was damien katz's couch db absolutely uh, and then there was membase Right. Yes. Um, and that's yes. the those technologies. Merge. And that's Couchbase, right? Indeed. Well, I mean, some people would say that we forked CouchDB, but 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 let's let's call that a merge. Uh, CouchDB cluster of cluster of unreliable unreliable cheap hardware uh, from uh, Damien Katz, which we you used to work at Lotus Lotus Notes, I think. Yeah. My SQL developer, and then he started out CouchDB, I think, in twenty oh five or twenty oh seven. Uh, and it was pretty early days, and CouchDB was this REST API JSON uh, store, and that was before Node.js. That was before everybody was doing the new web in JavaScript. Like there was so right. early forethought. I mean, early. Yeah. It was, it was in Erlang, right? It was written in Erlang. Uh, that's the part of uh, that's the uh, clustering controlling part. Um, yeah. So yeah. Um, was written in Erlang. Uh, Membase uh, was the di distributed version of Memcache, Memcache T. And Memcache, Memcache itself is like in Redis. memory. Yeah, like, in memory yeah. key value store. I mean, it's not like Redis in the sense that they don't support as much data structure that Redis has. It was really nah. just a basic key value and just like yeah. value can be anything you want to store binary, you can store binary, you can just like just go and store things. And um, and they've merged in 2011, I think. So yeah. I think it was North Base company behind uh, and Catch One, uh, North Base and Catch One merged, and, and we had Catch Base. Uh, That's so, 11 yeah, years. In, yeah, 11 years ago. That was an interesting time. So you get an in-memory key-value database where if the value you're storing is a JSON document. You can actually build an index that allow you to query that JSON document, and so this index was um, uh, called a view, like a, like a, almost like a materialized view in SQL, uh, and it was written in JavaScript and it was a, a MapReduce function. So a MapReduce function that was popularized by Hadoop later right. is actually pretty simple. And it can be a bit scary, but all it does is it goes through every JSON document, every JSON value that you have in your database. You decide to call a function called emit, which is basically going to write a row 
in you, your virtual table and in right. the end you will have a table which if you have a table when you can query it that was the basically the point of doing the map function and then the reduce is well i have this table as an output i can decide to do something with that table which is maybe counting the number of rows so the reduce function will be counting will just return the number of rows that you add in your virtual table yeah. so that's that's how you used to query stuff with CouchDB and CouchBase for a long time. And then uh, and then uh, people at CouchBase introduced uh, Nicole, which was our first um, SQL for JSON attempt at the time, which is still there and works pretty well. So and you can IQL. now get, yeah, and yeah. NQL, N1QL, Nicole. Uh, we've, we've ditched the name Nicole. Uh, it's going to be SQL++ now uh, because it, it's the, um, SQL plus plus, I think, is the the theory. There's a there's a bunch of papers that have been written about this. It's like the SQL uh, that you can use to query JSON. And the, the issue with JSON is that you get a lot of nested structure. You can have objects and arrays and arrays of objects and object of arrays and blah blah blah. And, and, and it's gonna go pretty deep. So you and SQL is used to request flat things, scalar yeah. things. So obviously you have to come up with a bunch of interesting operators and functions to allow you to use all those nested function that you have nested objects that you have in your JSON. Right. So is so is SQL plus plus basically just a rebrand or is it actually a new thing? It's a rebrand. Okay. It's a okay. rebrand. Um, but it's, it's, um, I think there's, there's, there's a bunch of paper that got published on SQL plus plus. So. I'm sorry. I should have yeah. see. This is why I, I I've, I've always said, you know, for my New Year's resolution, I'm going to prepare for these podcasts. It's never helped me before. It's it's, it's fine. The SQL plus plus query language was introduced by something called Apache Asterix DB. Um, wait. Oh, okay. So wait. So it was introduced from without. And so first, first of all, uh, 20, what, 15, 16, uh, Nico, it's uh, written in Go, it's uh, in a house at Cadspace. It's this is how you're supposed to query JSON. Um, and then later on, we introduced an analytical, an analytical service. Uh, and this analytical service was the um, Merge again because Sketchbase does merge some, some solution. The merge of something called Asterix DB, which was a Java based uh, solution. Uh, what SQL is it? Plus plus Asterix DB was a Java based implementation of Java based. Plus plus. Yeah. So now it's interesting when you have, when you run Sketchbase, you have uh, the old CouchDB clustering Erlang controller thing. Memcast was written in C. So you have. Um, Alan, you have C. Our new services before us, there has been analytical written in Go. So you have C, Alan, Go, C, Go. Asterix, Java, Asterix DB was merged. So you have Alan, C, Go, and Java. Uh, I'm waiting for the next one. So hopefully something written in Rust would make me very happy. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, you know, it's, I don't like the word platform, but that's that's what we're going to use. It's it's more than a data. It is a database. It's also a data platform because the way it's because of the way it's built, and it's just a, an aggregation of interesting data solution, interesting indexing solution, interesting query solution. So so you know it's all about, all about storing 
indexing. Indexing is basically another way of storing data that makes it easier to be queried. searched. Yeah. Search, yeah. And then uh, we have full text as well. And full text was also returning you. And then we have something called eventing, which is um, kind of a user-defined function thing. You can write function in JavaScript. Like, like um, you would write um, PL, SQL function for Postgres, right in JavaScript. And you can call them back with in your SQL plus plus query. And you can use this with our eventing solution, which is basically, hey, there's an event that happened, document created, whatever, you filter this. And for every document created that have a field called type, uh, uh, and the type is car, let's execute that function, you know, stuff like this. Wow. So there's a bunch of services. What's the part that does continuous query? Continuous querying. Like you, what do you mean by continuous querying? I like I register a function and I say, "Call me back when this is when this date comes." It's the eventing service. Yeah, uh, it's wow. also returning go. Uh, and then we have Couchbase Mobile. So and, you know, we just go through like all What's the Couchbase Mobile. Couchbase Mobile. Oh, mobile. Uh, okay. Yeah, mobile. Couchbase Mobile. Uh, and in Couchbase Mobile, it's an interesting thing. Um, actually, that's one of the strong differentiators that Couchbase has over most of the other solution. Uh, you, you might remember Realm or Pass from the MongoDB uh, day, which was basically data sync on your device. And, um, and there's Firebase now that's super popular. Superbase is getting a lot of uh, uh, traction as well these days. And it's all about syncing data to your phone. Right. So when we got Couchbase Mobile out in, uh, in uh, what, 2015, I think, something like this, um, it's actually a SQLite uh, wrapper. Everybody loves SQLite these days. SQLite is booming. Like the, the like the two big open source databases are Postgres and SQLite. Right. Couchbase is open source as well, but it's BSL, Business Server License, I think. Uh, right. Like, like Redis, like Mongo, like all the other right. databases. It's basically... Uh, well, not asking, but telling Amazon and Azure and and like all the major cloud to stop doing business on top of open source without right. distributing money. But it is open source. So anyway, uh, SQLite, great SQL database embedded most of the time. And uh, there was a bunch of solution where you could use SQLite in your Android or iPhone app. But it is SQL and, and, and ugh, people at the time didn't want to use SQL. Maybe that's why NoSQL gets so familiar. I don't think NoSQL gets familiar people because people didn't want to use SQL. I think it got popular because JSON and SQL didn't match. I think that's different. And ah. um, and you know, anyway, uh, SQLite, great embedded database, Couchbase Mobile, most amazing, probably only NoSQL wrapper on top of SQLite. So basically, you get an embedded database that can sync to your server database, where you can directly store JSON in there and you can run simple query and you can run full text query and, and it just syncs and you sync and you don't have anything to worry about, especially on the network side of things. So if so you discuss- what is this? Well, first of all, is it efficient? Like I, I can use this in an iOS app or an Android app? Yeah, or and on so your Raspberry yeah. Pi or Oh, if you're wow. if you're very very motivated, I'm pretty sure you could compile this to WebAssembly and run this in your browser. Uh, oh, uh, if someone oh. listening, yeah, let us know. Let us know. That'd be great. Yeah. 
Wow. Okay. So, so that's cool. So, I mean, that's a, that's a constant issue is right. Like, so what about like chat? What if I have on ongoing long, you know, long lived data, somebody writes a message to the database. Can I instantly get it updated in the Couchbuzz mobile? Uh, if you have net, if you have network, yes. And if you don't, well, you still have the local database. And once you have network again, you can, you can automatically fetch the, the rest of the conversation. That's the good thing about uh, Couchbuzz mobile. It's attracting all the tedious glue yak shaving code that you would do to to make sure that do i have network connection yes no is it working yes no is it did it finish correctly yes no you know, all those things that you have to manage in order to have sync and everything is abstracted for you pretty well so uh good stuff good stuff is there a sense of like ordering Right. So if you if you sync offline things, then you will have probably conflict. And so and so there's a conflict. There's, you can decide of the resolution, you know, if if the order of the obviously there's a revision number, you can take the highest revision number, you can take the last modification date, or you can write your own function because the way you merge stuff would be a business decision. It's like it's like a reduced function for distributed data. Pretty much. Oh, that is super cool. Oh, I didn't. Is that open source? Is our BSL? It is open source. Uh, everything's available. Uh, GitHub.com slash catchbase and, and slash catchbase labs uh, under BSL license. Um, so, source available. Uh, some of this is Apache 2, some of this is source available. But right. the enterprise part is source available. Um, it's a nice thing, and it's funny that you talked about chat because that was the my main demo. Uh, I remember I was in web camp in the grab, and the good thing about uh, CatchBase Mobile, it uses a replication protocol that also used CatchDB and, or, at the time. Uh, it has changed since then, but the good thing is you can sync CatchBase Mobile to CatchBase Server or to another CatchBase Mobile, so you can do peer-to-peer -peer synchronization. In, wow. So, I wrote a little chat app, uh, and basically, everyone that was on the Wi-Fi of the conference would just install the app. And because on, you're on the same Wi-Fi, you can actually do auto-discovery of your peer. You can broadcast because of the goodness that is the DNS protocol that was written 40 years ago. Right. Uh, you can use that protocol to broadcast, advertise yourself in the network and say, hey, I'm a service and I can sync to other service. Uh, <laughs> so every attendee in the conference could download the app and start talking together on the Wi-Fi of the conference, which was funny. That's amazing. I, 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 this is so cool because that's you just described this huge uh, system with so many moving parts, but then the fact that that same technology, the same basic core, uh, machine can also help me with my peer-to-peer -peer embedded devices. Oh, that's it's like, you know, it's so funny. It's amazing. Yeah, it, it works on Raspberry Pi. It works on single board computer. It works on a bunch of different things and just the phone. So, wow, we have a bunch of IoT use cases in the industry. So, can you get? Can you? So let's talk about that. Let me. I would love to hear about some use cases here. Um, like, I know it's. I don't like to define things. I don't want you to, um, hmm. why would I use this instead of whatever? You know, what's what's the nearest, what's the closest analog? Why do people choose Couchbase instead of just going to the beach? You know, like if they have two choices and they wake up one day and they're like, I could just go to the beach and drink a Mai Tai 
or I could build something with Couchbase. Why do they choose Couchbase instead of building something else or, or going to the beach? The great question is, where would you stay home yes. and build something where you could go to the beach? I would go to the beach, but if I wanted to stay home and build things, uh, why would I start with Couchbase? Yeah, um, mo mo most of the use cases we have or used to have um, more on that later were very high end of the market, very performance oriented, very scalability oriented. Uh, we haven't talked too much about this. So I said that Cloudbase was an in-memory store, um, which means that you, you get the uh, traditional database with the caching layer fully integrated. So you don't have to set up Mongo and Redis or Postgres and Redis or Memcache or whatever. It's all in. Actually, the things you could replace with Couchbase, it's it's insane. Like just one Couchbase can replace a setup where you have Mongo Redis and Elastic for full text, or Mongo Memcache and Realm and Elastic, Realm being the uh, data sync layer. So, so Couchbase is like this platform that can replace a bunch of things. And the biggest difference is the is really in-memory layer that's integrated and that's really good for performances. So we used to brag about doing sub-millisecond uh, uh, querying, which is cool. Like, yeah. So based on that, most of the use cases we have are very high-end of the market and very performance and scalability-oriented. Um, we have a lot of um, retail companies that use cash base for the um, the... I have an English issue, le, le panier, you know, the thing that you, when you order the cards. Yeah. Right. Uh, most, lots of card solutions are based on Couchbase. Um, lots of retargeting advertisement are using Couchbase as well. Um, retargeting is an interesting use case because you have to, when you display an ad, you have to buy it really fast. And usually it's the first personal answer that, that gets to buy the ad. So, you know, performances, performances, performances. And then the reliability thing for the cart and the retail and the, uh, and the ad part is that if cash base goes down, the business stops completely. Yeah. Like you can't you can buy anything, you can't sell anything, you're screwed. So cash base was, was, is known for, for being pretty much one of the most reliable solution out there. And the way we, we cluster, it's not, um, leader follower, the way we cluster is a bit different. Uh, it's not like um, you have several leaders at the same time, like Cassandra would do. It's more of a only one active version of the document at one point in time is available in the whole cluster. And because we make up somewhere, yes, okay, so a, you have one active and several replicates. Okay. And the way you find them. Is because we maintain a topology of the cluster on the server side, and each client that connects to the server side gets this map of the cluster topology. So it knows in which node to ask the active document and maybe the replicate. Right. So it, it, it gives you a pretty, pretty easy to scale solution. Right. And it's not like nothing bad's going to happen. Think, you know, it's the cloud, bad things happen all the time. Yeah. It's just, and the more distributed you are, and the more likely you have to have an issue. And so if someone tells you there's never going to be an issue, they're lying. Like the yeah. good part about this is once there's an issue, how do you recover from them? And the way CollegeBase is architectured 
makes it pretty easy to recover. So if you lose the node that had the active data with the topology of the cluster, first of all, you can do a, a, a request using reactor, for instance, right. and because it's reactive. If your request sends you a, a couldn't find the document error, well, you're reactive. You can ask for the replicate if right. you wanted to. Uh, or you could also um, ferry over the node that, that crashed because it's not here anymore and it would promote one of the replicates as active version of the document right. uh, until you rebalance every data in the cluster to make sure that everything is, again, uh, distributed equally between every node. So add, add, add a node back and then distribute everything. Being reactive, you know, when, when something bad happens, it's good. Yeah, yeah, you can degrade gracefully. That's super important. Um, that's good to know. Uh, I imagine is that all supported through the open source, or do I have to like? Yeah. Buy? So what's it's, the? Why why would I pay money for the? Um, so what's in the enterprise version, or, or the uh, um, cloud version as well? Because now we have a fully like, cloud managed solution called oh. Capella. Capella, okay, like, Capella, it's a DBAS, it's a cache-based service managed by Catchbase. You came up with your... How do you spell that, though? C-A-P-E-L-L-A. C-A-P-E-L-L-A? Capella. Capella, like hat? I think like, it's uh, when, you, when, you, when you're singing and there's no instrument behind you. A Capella, oh, okay, okay. That, Capella, okay, uh, so... It's also oh, wow. a, it's also a star uh, stars constellation. And that's that's what we are going for actually. Ah, neat. Okay, so okay, so it's called couch the couch face cloud thing. It's called it's called Capella. Capella, right? So I think it's couchbase.clouds or clouds.couchbase.com, something like this. Okay, so, okay, so let's talk about the the pro version, the enterprise version, before we talk about the cloud, like. I imagine so, uh, the cloud has all the enterprise stuff, but it's just managed. Yeah, exactly. I talked about how it syncs to mobile. It yeah. can also sync between uh, uh, different clusters. Right. So there's something called XDCR, which means cross data center replication. That's only available. That's only available in enterprise. That basically allows you to sync data from the cluster in Europe to cluster in. Well, in the US, that's one example, or wherever. So it's pretty good for disaster recovery use case. Um, it does active-active replication, which is right. great. Uh, it's filterable replication as well. Uh, what? And fil it's filtered. It, you can do filtered or filterable. Oh, cool. So I can say I want only, only this these tenants, maybe. I can say I right. want tenants in this region. We have scopes and collections, and then you, you have different ways to, to, to filter all these things. Uh, but but the interesting part, we talked about regulation a lot in the beginning. The interesting part is that you can decide what private data to actually send, sync. You don't have to sync all the data of all the users to another cluster, which is quite nice because then you can comply with whatever local regulation or those. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. That's really smart. That's, that gets you the best of both worlds in the places where you can keep the yeah. data. By the way, okay, so what about privacy? Is there like built-in support for at-rest encryption, things like that? There's at-rest encryption, there's on-the-wire encryption, and there's a field-level encryption if you have the right stuff in the SDK. So you, you connect 
cache to cache based in SDK most of the time because you have that cluster map topology thing that you always need to keep updated. So you have to use our SDKs. And there's an addition to the SDK that will allow you to encrypt everything with encryption keys and to decide which field of the document should be encrypted or not. It will be unencrypted on the client side, but it will be encrypted on the server side. And by the way, this is coming to Cashbase Mobile at some point, uh, hopefully next year. So, which means that with Cashbase Mobile, you could have your non-encrypted data on your phone, but it will be encrypted on the server, which is a great privacy feature. Huge. And that's half the bet. If you're, if you're saying I can get free synchronization of state across clients uh, to the backend and then, and then round trip to the client, and I can get easy synchron, I can manage, I can have synchronization as well, and I can have encryption. That's like three of the biggest problems, you know, that you have to spend yeah. time designing yourself. That's just done for you. Now and it's not exactly. It's an infrastructure uh, problem. It's a glue code. It's actually, you know, you want to call it. It's something that doesn't bring any business value. Undifferentiated I mean, heavy lifting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's not your business code. It's it's something that you have to care about, and that you know someone could care about for you. Which is what Catchbase does. So you know, multi-cloud to the edge syncing solution, which is nice. So uh, XDCR, the cross data center application, is uh, an enterprise feature. Right. Um, and then we have this architecture called multi-dimensional scaling, Whoa. which is multi-dimensional multi scaling, which is hard to say for a Frenchman like me. Means mm -hmm. that you can decide which service to activate on which node of your cluster. So if you use the community version, every service are activated on, on each node of your cluster. Right. And I think your cluster is limited to five nodes or something like this. Um, so multi-dimensional scaling. The data service is the original CouchDB OG service. Store data, create views to create your data. You have the index service, which is build index on all those JSON data. You have the query service, which is you know, query those index. You have the full text service, which is you know, build full text indexes as well. And by the way, yeah. we introduced something called flex index in Cashbase seven or 6.5, I don't remember, but basically it allowed you to use the full text index in your SQL plus plus query. Because most of the time you would have to query Elastic, yeah, get all the results and then maybe filter them again because you have a user and permission table on the, on, on the other side. Right, you have to and do collating or something. Yes, but now you don't have to because, well, you can do everything in the same query, which is amazing. Yeah, yeah. So it looks like I can do key values. It looks like I, I can do documents a la MongoDB. Uh, I can do, uh, or, or not uh, documents, or I guess you call them, you know, collections, right? You have collections in yeah. a, uh, and then collections have documents in them. Um, and then you can do full text search as well. Uh, yes. And uh, what about what about application concerns like optimicity and transactions? And you can do transaction as well. Uh, that's pretty new. You know, transaction in the distributed world is a, an issue yeah, because, because you need to make sure that every node of the cluster agree on what's happening at the same time. So you need to ask all of them. And it's going to take you some time to ask everyone and then get that answers back and then make sure that you know, nothing bad happened in the meantime. And if, and if it did, roll back. Um, 
it can be really hard to do if you have a multi-leader uh, architecture like you have with data stack. So you have several active versions of the same document. Right. Because you need to ask all those questions to everyone. But right. with Cashbase, since you have only one active version of the document, it's actually much simpler and much faster. It is still slower than, you know, depending on how much document, how many documents are impacted. So it will still be slower than if you had just one node. Sure, but, but that's it works. Option. Yeah, it works, it's doable. You can you can do it with key value documents and it's been introduced uh, in uh, C++ in the uh, Cashbase 7, I think. Wow. So you can do assets, you can do non-assets if you wanted to. It's Cashbase is really the database that gives you lots of cursors to move around. Right. And, and to, you know, if, if you don't need it, that's fine. If you need it, it works, you know, trade-off. Yeah, it's, it's a trade of database. The, the the cap theorem, like this consistency, uh, partitioning, and, and what's the A again? Availability. Availability. It's it's a trade of story. If you have a partitioning, which is if if the network, like your your cluster, is split in half, you need to choose between consistency and availability. Right. Basically, cashbase allow you to you know decide which choice you want to make, because it's always business related. It's not like there's it really depends on what you're doing at the moment and you should right. be able to choose all those things. So, you know, it's, it's kind of a choice, the choice database. That's amazing. Oh, I like that. Well, cause, cause those choices are there. It's just a matter of whether the technology lets you control or engage in those choices or not. If you, if you're working with a technology that doesn't, doesn't acknowledge those dynamics, those tensions, then, you know, Arguably, you're being deserved, right? Uh, the, you're being lied to, in a sense, right? There, those choices are there. You have to control those uh, those choices. You have to control those decisions. If you don't, then you're just saying, "I don't care what happens. I'll just figure it. I'll let 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 you know come what may. Let it come, you know." Um, yeah, I, right. I like I like that. Very sure so building software. It's if you want to uh, do real-time analytics, you have a choice. I'm yeah. saying this because we haven't talked too much about this, but Asterix TV, that, that Java solution, um, querying, querying something is really completely tied to how you store it. Right. Storing documents to do transactional application is fine. When you want to do analytics, usually you would use a column store, like uh, Cassandra, like Hadoop, HBase, you know, stuff like this. What basically a CXDB is doing is rewriting your data in a column format, so it's easier to query and faster to query. Now, it means that you need to know exactly what the query looks like and store the data appropriately. So basically, you're just rewriting an index that's fully dedicated to your query. And this is okay. what it's doing pretty much. Uh, and so you have the ability to do this with to do this with Cashbase, which is what the analytical uh, analytics service is doing, which was this CXDB server. Yeah. It's an interesting piece of Java software because there's so many, so many optimization in the uh, multi-threaded space. It, it's it's really cool because you know you have to go fast, really fast, and that's why you also store store it like this. Right. You can it easily. What so, is so? Um, if I'm trying to consume this stuff and run it uh, on Kubernetes, what are my options? Like, how do can I? Is there a Helm chart or something like that for the open source or for the enterprise stuff? There's a couple of things. Uh, we have something called the Kubernetes Autonomous Operator, which is a okay, Kubernetes operator. operator. 
yeah, which is a, a cache-based dedicated operator. Uh, I know we have some Terraform uh, plugin as well. Uh, if you want to use, especially if you want to use the managed version, like the Capella version, you can you can use Terraform to to you know automate right. this. With Capella is really you come with the key of your AWS account and or GCP, and then and then we do all the things for you, and then there's the VPC peering that allow you to peer that network through your own Kubernetes network. Oh, wow. Um, that's how all most of the other managed database work. Um, I'm not sure there's an official M shot. I know we have Docker certified images. Um, and then, yeah, we encourage you to use the, the cache based operator because it's, it's supported by our amazing support team. So the operator is, you said there's a managed version of that. So you just, you deploy it and then Couchbase actually manages it for you if you pay them? No, no, that's that's Capella. Uh, you would okay. have to use the Capella API or the, the Terraform provider, uh, okay. which I'm not sure already supports. I'm not sure if it okay. already supports Capella. Um, but yeah, if, you, if you're if you on-prem and it's fully Kubernetes-based and you, you are not scared about managing stateful load on a Kubernetes cluster, then you should really look into the R Kubernetes operator, because that's what it's made for. Now, I, on the other hand, am terrified of state on Kubernetes. So I will be, I'm, I'm one of those people that is so happy to pay for the cloud uh, instance, you know, the cloud managed thing, whatever I'm doing, whatever my use case is, I always go for the cloud managed thing if I can. I'll run my apps on Kubernetes because that, that, you know, uh, shared nothing, stateless, whatever, you know, if it dies, I just get a new, it's fine. That's an, it's an old trick. It doesn't require any kind of rocket science, but uh, replication and state and quorums and all that. Yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll do it. Yeah, I mean, the way cache-based architecture, like the, the, cluster, the way it's clustered makes it okay. Yeah. I mean, I should <laughs> say it's fine, but I'm so scared. But, you know, managing stateful stuff, Me too. Uh, it, it, it's, it's hard. Yeah. Really. I, and that's and I want the company to have money, and this is the reason they should have the money, right? Is Indeed. for this stuff. Manage that so I don't have to wear the pager. I don't like pagers, um, you know. I don't like distributed storage. I used to work in a cloud company, but we have a class. Right. People you should check it out. Yep. Uh, and 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 managing our Ceph cluster. Ceph is this uh, open source distributed data system. Uh, so you get distributed uh, I/O, distributed block, or distributed file system. It's a nightmare. <laughs> it's it's don't do it yourself. Just ask people to do it for you because it's so hard. Uh, I mean, unless you want yeah. to wake up at night, which no. is not something that you know I don't want. Yeah, uh, yeah, not good, my friend. Um, I I'm a big Couchbase fan, and the reason I'm a big Couchbase fan is because, well, first of all, it's a great database, but also because they're always making it more accessible to people. So I remember before Spring had official reactive support. Uh, in in 2017, there's already an RX Java reactive yes. Java client for Couchbase uh, yeah. before, and now I think it's using Reactor. But there's already yeah. RX Java years ago before Spring's push for Reactor and all that stuff in 2017. So, uh, like they were one of the very first drivers in the NoSQL, the Spring Data NoSQL libraries yeah. to have a reactive implementation. Uh, and so I, I, you know, I used them for years for my demos because I just it just works, right? It works. Yeah. Um, uh, I just, I'm a big fan. I've, I've, I've watched this 
amazing. It's not, it's, this is the interesting thing, right? Like we just talked about, you can't say I was part of one community and therefore I saw all of what happened to Couchbase because Couchbase, as you, we just talked about, is actually the glued together integrations of, you know, half a dozen different communities and different technologies that all have their own life and that have all proven to be the best for what they do. And I think Couchbase is just that it represents the best sort of integration, the best permutation of all those different things. It is far more than the sum of its parts, you know. Um, and, and you, my friend, uh, you and I have known each other for, uh, well, since 2014 or 13, something like that. Um, and uh, you just you just talked about how you went, you had a, you were at a cloud computing company for half a decade. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then you, you were at Couchbase uh, before that. Is that true? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 2014, 2017. We, wow. we, I think I made my first talk in the US with you. I think that was the, um, what, what conference with Couchbase Connect probably. Yeah. Uh, and we, yeah. showcase, we showcased Spring Data Couchbase early days in 2014. That was fun. Good yeah, stuff. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we, you and I, have, we've had a good uh, friendship. I think the only time it's been strained is I made you watch uh, uh, Batman versus Superman with me. And yeah, uh, yeah, choices. And we knew, but then even if you know you, you when you you're not ready, you have, to, you have to go through and then no, you are not ready. No. That's <laughs> uh, okay. Um, so, uh, what did like what got you into Couchbase? Like, were you working in databases before, or like uh, on the first that? time? Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. It's an interesting story. Um, I'm uh, I used to work at a company called Nexio, which since has been acquired and it's now called Highland, and it was ECM Enterprise Content Management, like the the, the least sexy thing after reporting. Try to give a talk about enterprise content management. It's a nightmare. Um, I was a full-time engineer, and I, it was an open source company. Uh, Java, OSGI, JEE, JSF, good stuff. Seem, Seem, you know, Gavin King's Seem. Uh, that was that was fun as well. I was a very componentized. Uh, what's the word when your modules and monoliths? That the thing that we encode. Modular monoliths. Yeah, it was a modular monolith. Modulith. It was a modulith, and it was already 2007. So, modular architecture, because OSGI and all those right. interesting choices at the time. Uh, it was basically at the time you could use Spring or you could use, which was what Alfresco was doing, which you may remember. Yeah. So, it was next year on Alfresco. I was on the non Spring part. Right. Um, and it was open source, so my boss told me, you, you look like you would talk to other human beings. Would you be interested in managing our community? I was, sure. I mean, yeah. why not? And it started out as a part-time job, so I was part-time community manager at the time. Um, and it, I made this a full-time position. Uh, and in 2014, I got poached by uh, Couchbase because they saw I was doing a decent job at, at managing that Nexio thing. I was cranking blog posts at the time, like two blog posts a week, so fun times. Uh, and that's how I joined Cashbase in the first time, um, so 2014. At yeah. the time at Nexio, it was all about Postgres and Mongo. I remember writing 
full text index for Compass, and Compass was the predecessor to uh, to Elastic. Elasticsearch, not and yeah. Solar. Yeah. yeah, it was Lucene based already. It was Lucene? I think Shay Bannon was already. I think it was in Compa on the Compass team as well. Uh, Shay being the the CEO of Elastic. Elastic. Um, and so I already had my hands into uh, data and documents because Nuxio was using uh, Jackrabbit, which before might not know, was one of the a JSR about storing objects. Uh, at the time, it was XML objects. Right. Um, which was, that, was a, that was the original Java content repository. Indeed, yeah. Uh, standard or whatever, yeah. Yes. And, and had to use that. Um, yeah, there's a couple of big uh, CMS that used it. Uh, Jaya, I think, used it. Uh, and Day Software that been bought by Adobe uh, 15 years ago was also using it. Oh, we wow. moved away from GCR at Nixio and came up with something called VCS, Visual Content Store, uh, which was basically implementing this uh, uh, Java spec, object spec, on top of a SQL database. Uh, which was Postgres at the time. So, funnily enough, the story repeats itself. Uh, <laughs> we added SQL support to a document store uh, at next year at the time, um, which was great. Uh, I mean, we had a lot of uh, uh, happy people because everybody wants to use SQL and you want to plug in your reporting tool and you want to plug in, you know, at the time it was not Tableau, but, you know, Power BI, whatever. Yeah, people like SQL, right? So we should use SQL. Uh, developers don't like SQL because they manipulate JSON all the time. Well, now you know you can use SQL with JSON. It's fine, right? <laughs> uh, so yeah, I've been I've been pushed by Catchbase at the time. Uh, so that's 2014. Spent three years there. Uh, had the uh, privilege of working with great developer advocates like Matthew Revel, who now uh, owns Hoopy and organized DevRelCon, uh, the DevRel conference. Um, and I've also worked with Arun Gupta, which is a common fan of ours. Uh, yeah. And Arun left pretty much when I left. Uh, I don't remember exactly where he left at the time. Maybe Apple already? I don't remember. But anyway, yeah, um, interesting times. And then I went to work for a, a French cloud company called Clever Cloud. Right. Platform as a service. Right. That's awesome. And now you're back, baby. That's back awesome. at Catchbase, yes. Yeah. Back at the couch. So that's good. What, what can you, I mean, without giving away any secrets or anything like that, what should we be looking forward to? You know, like public yeah. stuff. I am not able to say as much as I would like to say, sure. uh, but let's say it's going to be more developer friendly. Um, that's the whole goal of, of, of Cashbase. Basically, I came back to Cashbase because now Cashbase is going to be really focusing on developers. Wow. Uh, the, you know, we had this top tier performance scalability use cases uh, and stories. So it was all about architects and CTOs and CIOs and, and you know, people that, that, that basically buy the very expensive thing because that's the only thing that works under web scale. Right. Yeah. Um, and now we have database as a service, uh, talking to much more developers, more use cases, different use cases. Right. And, and, you know, scalability and performance, not everybody needs that. I mean, it's great. Don't get me wrong. Sure. It's good. But sometimes you need more differentiation, uh, to be 
like the, the favorite database. And it's not because we're super flexible that people are gonna choose Cashbase. We need to add more to have a better developer experience. And that's basically where the company is focusing right now. It's been turn Cashbase has been turning over um uh, since February. There's a new sheriff in town. Uh it's our new VP of engineering. He's an amazing guy, it's called Gopi. And and Gopi is is moving the whole company towards uh the cloud and developer experience. Cool. So so more developer friendliness, more probably more infrastructure as good, um, integration as well for all the people that want to do Terraform and, 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 and you know manage their, their cluster. Integrating with Cashbase Coppola, of course, right. or, or DBAS. On the server side of things, you know, I mentioned this cluster map and the fact that you have to use SDKs all the time. Well, well this is not going to be the case in the next major version of Cashbase. Uh, next year, probably, early next year. Um, so some interesting things happening. Yep. Um, I've, I've, I, I wrote a small sample uh, using GraphQL connecting on Cashbase. So I had to come up with my own SDKs and everything. And it might become much simpler in the coming months. Nice. Like stuff like this. Um, cool. It's really about making things simpler. That's, that's it, the goal. It sounds like it. it's very pragmatic and has features that modern developers have. I want to try that Couchbase Mobile, for example. That already sounds really cool. Um, what I'm gonna, I'm sure people are gonna want to know more. Where do people find you? Well, first of all, where do people go on the internet to learn more? I like guess the first question. So you want to you want to try Couchbase? You go on Couchbase.live, and you will so, be C on our playground. C O U C H B A S E dot L I V E. Indeed. Okay. Couchbase.live. Uh, it's a playground. So basically, in the back end, it's Gitpod. Maybe you know Gitpod. It's a, it's an online code editor, right. which is great. And so the playground is you sign up and you're able to uh, to write some code directly in your web browser to try Couchbase, and your code is going to be executed in Gitpod, and then you get the the output. So it's allow you to 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 try most of the things that we do. Wow. Live. It's yeah. also support the Cashbase mobile API, so you can try server or mobile. It doesn't matter. You can try them all. Cashbase applies. Okay. And then what about you? If people want to hear more about what you're doing and what you've got to say, where do people find you if you want um, to be found? I'm happy to be found. I'm mostly available on Twitter. Uh, so that's L-D-O-G-U-I-N. Uh, you can send me an email if you want to at uh, my first name dot last name at catchbase.com. So um, L A U R E N T dot D O G U I N. Indeed. Is it D O U or just D O G? D O G U I N. Okay, I got it right the first time. All right. Good stuff. My friend, Um, it's been super cool. Yeah, it's been too cool. Nice with you. Uh, We'll, we'll have to do this again because we could go on for hours and I just, yeah. but I wanted people to, normally we talk about the person first and then we talk about the tech, but we just got right into the tech on this one. I don't care. It was great. I loved it. I learned a lot. I actually, I did learn a lot. I want to play with Couchbase Mobile. So uh, this is great, but uh, yeah, we'll have to do another one if you don't mind. We'll win some more. Absolutely. I'd be happy to. Part two or something or part three and four. Um, and either way, I'll see you in uh, in, in Antwerp for a, a duel. Wait, wait. We should do part two on Twitch and, and do double. Yeah. All right. 
Hey, right, thank um, you. A pleasure to be here. Really it, happy. So great to have you here. I'm so grateful you, you were able to find time. I know you're busy. Appreciate you taking the time, my friend. Thank you. Cheers. Hi, Spring fans. Welcome to another installment of a beautiful podcast. How are you this fine Thursday, the 22nd of September, 2022? I am always, as I, as I am always, or almost always, I'm doing well. Thank you ever so much for asking. Um, I'm just excited. You know me. I'm always just looking forward to the next uh, the next uh, dopamine hit. And I get my dopamine by talking to really cool people who teach me things. And the fact that I get to do that every darned week is... Uh, yeah, what a blessing. I don't even, I'm not really particularly religious, but certainly it's fair to say that I have, I, I, I benefit for no reason at all, you know. Um, this, this, uh, this ability to, to, this privilege, not ability, not anything I did, just this privilege to be able to sit here and just have these amazing people come and, and teach me things every, every week is, <laughs> honestly, I feel guilty. I feel like I've uh, run a scam on, on people or something because it's just, uh, it's just such a privilege. I get so much cool stuff, and uh, and I make I have good friends. That's the other thing that this kind of reminds me of is everybody who comes onto the show is uh, I, I could invite like anybody, right? And I sometimes do. I sometimes invite random people with whom I'd like to become friends. But a lot of times I've just got I've already got friends, right? And uh, and uh, they're they're smart. And the reason I, that we're friends uh, is because I just enjoy talking to them, you know. Um, so yeah, so so, so this. This episode, um, I'm really excited about, you know, today's guest, Laurent Doga. Um, I'm really excited about all the stuff I'm working on as well. Um, uh, I'm working on a, a video on Spring AOT, and it is going to be dope. Uh, just just when I'm done with the script, and I think I have everything I, I want to show you ready, uh, there's something new that I discover that needs to be added. You know how wonderful that is? It sounds like a problem, because you're, you know, it's a moving target, so to speak, but but it just really means that there are so many cool things that I, I feel like I should relay to you, right? Uh, as any of you probably know, having worked in software, behind every, like, one surface level feature that uh, is added to a, a product or a technology, there are another 10 subsurface level changes to the code base. So the fact that I'm struggling to tamp down the list of surface level features in my video is a great sign. It's also a sign uh, that I'm probably going to have to update and publish this video again shortly after the release because goodness knows things will have changed. And, you know, that's okay. That's the nature of these videos. I live on the edge to better prepare as many of you all as I can for what I know to be coming. I tr try to put out ideas uh, and as many videos as I can. And some of these videos I can do in a week or a few days, you know. Um, some, however, turn into like this month-long project. Uh, and the new and novel stuff turns out to be... Uh, the hardest, the the stuff that takes the longest to uh, put down in a video, simply because it's hard to pin things down. Things are uh, liquid; they're f they're moving, right? Um, narratively, at least. And so, uh, you know, this is coming. This one's coming together really well. It's only been a couple of weeks. Uh, it's going to be long. I can tell you that right now. It's going to be a longer one. Uh, I've already written ninety nine percent of the script. I've done the animations and storyboarding. I've written the code, obviously. Um, uh, so I just now, I guess, I just need to sit down and record it. Uh, so stay tuned. Don't worry, that's coming. Um, anyway, enough inside baseball, my friends. Let's let's get to today's guest. Uh, I am super super excited uh, to welcome my friend, uh, mon cher ami Laurent Dogan, who I've known for nearly a decade. Uh, we we got to record this episode live, which is a uh, I don't get to say that very often, right? Uh, um, 
I've done less than five of those, I think, since March of 2020, whereas historically, these used to be all live, right? I used to be on the road, and I'd bump into random amazing people, and we'd have a nice uh, uh, podcast recording, right? Um, and and very, tip, very un, unusual, um, uh, it's very unusual for these recordings to happen in my hometown of San Francisco, and then for them to happen live in San Francisco, you know, it's, oh, it's so weird. It's so wonderful. Um, anyway, I was just really excited about that. Really, really excited to have my friend uh, here. He came to visit um, uh, San Francisco for some meetings, and, and we got, and he pinged me, and we got to hang out for a day. And, uh, uh, yeah, true pleasure. Laurent was uh, at Couchbase years ago, uh, and then he became an early member of Clever Cloud, uh, which is an amazingly cool company in France around uh, cloud computing. And then he returned to Couchbase. Now, Couchbase... Um, you've heard me talk about this before. It's in a you know I've had guests uh, that worked there as well, and uh, Couchbase is cool. They are, actually uh, we owe a big debt of gratitude to the Couchbase um, uh, team teams uh, because, for example, they were one of the first groups to to make their uh, Spring Data implementation reactive. Right uh, at first by using I think it was Rx Java and then by using Reactor. Indeed, Simon Basley, who's been on the show as well, he uh, was at Couchbase. Right, he works on Reactor these days um, uh, as part of the Spring team, right? Um, and you know he's just a lovely, lovely person. You know, uh, you know, amazing human being. But uh, my, my point is, they were front runners. You know, in terms of like making Reactive uh, real in the Spring Data ecosystem, one of the very first implementations, if not the first, to come out. Uh, supporting Reactive uh, in the uh, halcyon days of like 2017 or so when we first announced integrated Reactive support in Spring Framework 5. Um, and so I just, I'm a big fan of Couchbase. I'm a big fan of their engineering team. Couchbase, the database, the technology is rock solid, amazing stuff that just, as you'll see today, as we'll talk about today, uh, uh, applies itself. You know, it works well in a lot of different scenarios. Uh, and uh, that's what you want. You want something that's going to be resilient, that'll uh, scale to meet you where you need to be. Uh, and um, it does. So anyway, he and I, uh, that is to say Laurent now, he and I have done uh, presentations aplenty uh, before over the many, many, many years uh, in the last decade or so. Um, and, you know, I am I hope that we get to do more. I think uh, him being back at Couchbase uh, is a, a good sign that that's probably in the cards. So you stay tuned. That'll be fun. Um, and uh, in the meantime, enjoy today's episode. Oh, my goodness. I was... Uh, you know, the the other thing is he, obviously I speak French, um, obviously he is French, so he definitely speaks it, so, you know, obviously a far sight better than I do, uh, but uh, that's the other thing is I, I love, uh, uh, I, I love how, I love to listen to people like him um, for, sev- for, for several levels. One is, one, you know, he, he's teaching me interesting things, but two, listen to him speak, just, uh, just, you just have to listen. Just listen to him speak English in this podcast. It's perfect, right? It's like uh, impeccable English, but it's not his first tongue, you know. And I just think that is such a magic uh, trick, you know. Like that is so cool that that uh, that these, you know. I just think it's really cool. I, I speak several other languages. I know how hard it is to learn something that you know isn't your 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 a tongue that you speak at home or whatever, and. Um, you know what an what an amazing uh, human being. Anybody who speaks another language to me is is, is very impressive. You know, uh, always worth respect. Um, but I just I just love. You can see like just talk, you just listen to this episode, and he just everything about him just exudes awesome intellect. You know, and I just uh, I really appreciate having 
him as one of my friends. And I hope you get something out of this episode. Uh, as always, profitez bien, mes amis. Okay? Um, see you next week. Enjoy. A Beautiful Podcast is produced by me, Josh Long. I do these podcasts because I believe that everything we do in software is for and made better by people. I want to hear from you. I'm Josh at joshlong.com by email or at S-T-A-R-B-U-X-M-A-N on Twitter, where, of course, my direct messages are wide open. Do you have guest ideas, topic suggestions, feedback? Don't hesitate to reach out. If you like the show, then please consider rating it on iTunes and leaving a review, uh, as it really helps the show. I sampled music from Steve Combs's Them from Morning and Springtime and Steve Combs's Small Victory, both of which are licensed under a Creative Commons license. I'm trying to hire production assistants to make the production of this podcast easier. I want to make sure that we can add things like show notes and transcripts and, and just generally do more. If you would like to advertise on the show, then please reach out to me. Uh, and if you can't uh, or don't want to advertise but would like to otherwise support the show, then please consider supporting me at patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Josh Long for as low as $4 a month. Thanks again. No harm came to any seasons in the making of this podcast.